Hey everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast. As usual, I am your host, and if you're just tuning into the Spiritual Underground Podcast, we are primarily 12-step based recovery as a topic. Uh, We talk about getting sober, living sober, thriving sober, sometimes just surviving sober. Uh, I do want to talk about a a program that's a uh, sister to the 12-step stuff. It's kind of new. It finally gets somebody. Well, it's actually four years old, but that's new in 12-step world. Uh, It's the 12 steps for everybody and anybody. You don't have to have an ism. You don't have to be an addict. You don't have to have a gambling problem. Uh, You don't have to come in with anything in particular. All are welcome. And uh, I'm convinced these 12-step tools will work for you to have a, um, a better life. Uh, no matter what you're going through, it's uh, called 12, simply 12 step spiritual recovery, 12 step spiritual recovery. There's a book by the same name that's available on Amazon. Uh, it comes in a few different flavors. You can get a volume one and volume two, uh, or you can get the, the complete unabridged version in one big book. If you wish to do that, we have meetings. And if you're interested in that, you can join them from any place in the world. It's a, uh, if you go to 12 step spiritual recovery, all written out and uh 12 step spiritual recovery.com and the homepage, the, the landing page will have a meeting schedule on there and you can join in from uh, zoom. So if you're interested in that, uh, I really encourage you to do something, uh, one of my favorite things that out of that book is, is that uh, there's a time when he's talking about people feeling that there's got to be more than life than this. My life is not supposed to be like this. And uh, 12 step philosophy can give you a different perception on that. Thank you, Darren Frank, for the music wrapped around here. And we will get to business, the business at hand, talking about recovery. You know, uh, I really am almost immersed. Immersion is a word that keeps on coming up to me over and over again. Uh, It's a way I try to run my life inside this 12-step program and stay fully immersed in it. Um, And I'm immersed. It feels like I'm in an immersion of people's lives that are going like on an upward trajectory all the time. But, you know, we always have to warn that, you know, the days, uh, the the unicorns and rainbow farts are not uh, promised. And uh, life is not fair. It just simply is not fucking fair. And uh, we have a brother, y'all heard him. He's uh, been in on a couple of these. I know that he's been here when he, when he hit this 100 days nicotine free. Um, at some other time he came in and told his story and been on, uh, uh, retreat podcast episodes. And, uh, I'm not going to get into a whole lot more right this moment because I would rather have him talk about it than me. But, uh, I got Marshall here tonight and, uh, I don't know, Marshall come into my life in such a wild way. I always, uh, when I have that retreat, I always try to leave a little room for uh, God to invite some people. I've learned to do that. If I think I'm going to have 20, I try to stop at 18 in case God wants to invite a couple people. And one year, Marshall and his sponsor, Mark, uh, were the pair that God just threw out there to get to come. And that's how, you know, that's how we got connected. He's actually uh, was, uh, I've always called him the podcast super fan. Uh, he knows more about what goes on here and the little, uh, the little things. And I know that's kind of uh, 
not kind of kept up lately because uh he's got bigger fish to fry but anyway i know that you see you man it's uh hard to watch what you're going through i'll 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 put up my shield and uh and uh do my best here but how's it going tonight it it is a rough one it's a rough one it's uh you know they ups and downs they say when uh I don't want to dive right in. Just I don't know how to even say. So was, you know, I looked up your five year will be in May, right? Uh, five years, uh, August eight twelve. Oh, yeah, I don't know why I said May. I had no idea. My whole head said August, and it was yeah. So yeah. Uh, just to give an idea about how long you've been practicing these principles at the level that you have, I think that's a a, a good thing to for people to know. Um. And I know it's just, it's hard not to just dive into a topic like this. I mean, how do you like uh, skirt it and how do you like dance around it? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, uh, that I have trouble talking about it. Like even there was a hesitation I had to, to, when I contacted you there, whatever it was, I don't know how long ago it was, a couple months ago, six weeks ago. I really don't know to suggest that you, uh, that you well you can talk about that you your life took you away from spiritual underground basically some things happened uh you used to come to Louisville every uh day basically and you got a promotion which was a good thing but it kept you closer to home so then it was driving all the way to Louisville just for that and a little bit let one thing led to the other and we just weren't seeing you anymore um and then you got, and then, you know, then I guess I can just jump straight up to, cause I sponsor Marshall's wife, April, uh, y'all have heard her. So I'm probably frontline knowledge wise <laughs> about what's going on at the, at the P family. And, uh, so I'd heard some news and, and, and man, it just, my heart just, uh, I could feel it beating in my ears and, uh, and I hadn't seen you. And, and I know that uh, I know that the support we give here is the support people need in any time, let alone in things like what you're going through. Um, to do, let's just tell, just say what you got, what's going on. Uh, well, uh, basically I have uh, uh, stage four cancer uh, that just, uh, just found out basically in, in January. Was it so, January? Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of just flipped everything upside down, you know? Um, and it, I'd been in pretty good health, you know, uh, seemingly, you know, uh, I started getting some, feeling some symptoms of, of what, I don't know, you know, I didn't know what it was, but in like November 1st, I had like some pains and like weird pains in, in different places in my, in my ribs my collarbone going down like where i couldn't take a deep breath and uh uh just with no reasons behind it like didn't uh um have any bumps or bruises didn't trip didn't fall and uh but it just started happening and then uh you know i got some x-rays done you know and uh they didn't really show anything they uh um they just thought that it, it, it may go away. They thought it was an old wound. You know, I'm 46 years old. So, uh, um, they thought that maybe, you know, it was just that maybe possibly, but 
<laughs> I, I had my fair share of bumps and bruises along the ride too. You know, uh, I was the dude that played, you know, fell off of things, you know, the <laughs> drunken and drink, drinking and drugging lifestyle didn't really keep me real safe. So you're thinking like, you know, some other old things come back up again. That's a very good point. Yeah. I got, uh, yeah, I broke my collarbones, both of them, you know, in in the madness, you know, drunk. I got hit by a truck, uh, a Ford Bronco, you know, busted myself all up pretty good. So when they take x-rays of me, they're like, uh, yeah, I can see where something might hurt, uh, you know. So, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> that, that kind of led to some misleading things there. But um, uh you gotta bear with me because uh, yeah, I'm it's no be, problem, man. I know pain. that you was talking about the rib pain. Uh, was you know, like I remember, you know, uh, I stay on a, I have the best sponsees in the world, man, and I have relations with ships with them, and I talk to them every day or so, almost every you know, all the time. And she said, Marshall thinks he broke some ribs. And I said, Well, what the hell? And she said, What happened? What'd he do? You know, and she said, Nothing, he didn't do anything. I'm thinking. Well, you, you don't you don't break ribs <laughs> and not have some event that you knew happens, you know, because frankly, they're not easy to break. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so that probably went along with the November rib pain and that kind of thing that you were talk, talking about there. Yeah, it was a it was a mystery kind of. Yeah. And uh, it ended up kind of just uh, I went to uh, the ER, got x-rays now, and they didn't really say anything or see anything honestly and then i went and followed up with my general practitioner and uh and the the next couple of days it kind of lessened like i couldn't take a big deep breath for anything but then it lessened the next day and got lesser the next day and, and anyway i ended up going to a, a, a um uh, another doctor and he said well maybe it's it could be a nerve you know a nerve issue or something somewhere and let's just see if it comes back so i was like all right and that was november uh like november 7th through 11th i was on a vacation i had a vacation schedule for that and i was going to do landscape work so i did i did landscape uh i landscaped the front of my house and, and pulled out a whole bunch of big shrubs and trees put in this beautiful landscaping i, I was working my butt off everything was fine and then uh I'm real proud of that landscaping job too. I'll take pictures. I send that to a lot of people and how good that was. I was proud of it. Hang on uh, just a second, okay? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of goofy, but are you all right? All right. What was it a wreck? Yeah, Okay. All right. Okay. Uh oh. Uh that then I'll just, you know, I don't have a sanitary podcast, but she had uh come in looking uh a little a, a little elevated and she knows I'm doing a podcast and she oh. wouldn't walk in here if it wasn't something that landed on her. She'd just come back from a meeting. Yeah. And uh, she was just saying there's a wreck out the road, but oh, you know, there's right. wrecks everywhere all the time. Right. But yeah, I'm glad she's all right. Glad yeah. it it's not her. Good. Good. So the x-rays are not really the way to find this stuff though. Right. They don't no. see this there. Come to find out. Yeah. X-rays aren't a very good, good way to, to find cancer. Um, so, oh yeah. So I did all the, the landscaping and stuff, and then my I started started getting pain somewhere else. Then, so it went from one side of my body up here at the you know my right clavicle and, and ribs down to my leg, and then I was and and uh, and I said, well, maybe I overdid it. You know, this landscaping stuff. You know, I'm not 21 anymore. <laughs> and uh, uh, I started noticing there was a knot down there uh, in between my bone and my um, my calf. And uh, and I said, well, 
you know, what's this? And, uh, I, I of course I ignored it for, you know, a week because uh, you probably, that probably took something because the alcoholic tends to mohill out of or make mohill mountains out of mohills, yeah. you know, and there's always a joke in the running thing that if I got a sore elbow, I immediately go to the worst case. But the fact, fact of the matter is as males, we tend to kick the can down the road, man, just try to, you know, walk it off. But sure. it stays up here and you're going, it's sitting there, ping, ping, ping yeah. in your head. It was just that. And, um, but you know, uh, I gave it a week and, um, uh, and that knot seemed to be getting a little bit bigger and I started limping as well. And then painful. my back, and then my back started hurting mm-hmm. and, uh, my lower back, um, I mean, more than usual, it always hurts, you know, but I'll, I'll stretch and whatever. But, um, it got to a point where uh, I couldn't do things or I was really, really, really pinching me. And so I said, I need to go back to my doctor. So I went to him, had him look at my leg and my back. And uh, he still thought it was something else. He said, maybe you have a, uh, you tore a muscle out there at landscaping. Let's give it six weeks, you know, something like that and come back and look at it then. And, and, and then he said, but we will take a, Let's go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said, let's give it six weeks. Come back and look at it then. Give you some muscle relaxers for your back or whatever. And I was like, all right, whatever. Whatever you say. So I did. And uh, after about two weeks more, it was still going downhill. It wasn't going. It wasn't getting any better, you know. And uh, I. Uh, well, I'll just be honest, you know, uh, Marshall is going through, you know, painful episodes on a fair regular basis. So there are going to be some moments in this podcast where there's uh, he's uh, gathering himself to to continue on. And I really appreciate you giving the effort period and uh, take the time you need, man. I'll try and uh, I can always yap, you know, but I don't want to do it to where we distract the conversation either. Yeah. Um. All right. So. uh all right, I lost it. Um, I'm sorry. Um, I had to do oh, oh, right. so I couldn't last any longer. It started going downhill the back, and I said, "No, man, my my back is killing me. You know, my leg is still. It's getting bigger. This knot's getting bigger." He's like, "Okay, let's let's get let's get you in there and get some X-rays of your back." So X-rays again. And I'm like, "Well, can't we do something else? You can't do anything else. You can't." I was like, "Can we get an MRI? Can we get a you know or a, or a a big scan of something? Can we do something to look at all this stuff?" And they're like, "Well, we can't get a CT scan before you get a an X-ray. You can't do that because of insurance things and all this all this stuff. So you got to jump through the hoops and and go through these things." So they did. He did say, Let, "Let's go ahead and and get the X-ray of that, and then we'll follow up with a CT scan if needed, or whatever." And and uh, I was like, "Okay." And this was somewhere around you know. Now we're into you know this late December. Um, probably at that point or getting close to there. And I, and I went in and I had the x-rays done and they took it up my lower back. And, uh, and they said they saw something that they wanted to look at further. So I said, okay. And, uh, and it, it, he kind of let it slip that he saw something that, you know, that looked like it could be cancerous or something like that at that point, but he wanted to get the CT scans, uh, going, so they did that. And, uh, I think that was, uh, January 6th is when I had this, the CT scans and they looked at it and, uh, they said, yeah, you've got, uh, 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 I always say it wrong. Multitastic, multitastic or yeah. Multitastic. Metatastic. Metatastic. Thank you. 
Yeah. Metatastic, which means that at stage four, it was, that it came from somewhere else, but they saw cancer in my spine through those CT. Uh, I know uh, they always say that it's metastasized and that means uh, it moved. Right. Right. So uh, that was and then they they also told me then that they had seen it in my liver and in my uh, uh, lung. And so it was the the spine, the liver, the lung, and uh, other other spots throughout my body um, that they they weren't sure of. So they want to go ahead and order a PET scan and get everything looked at. Uh, what, so this was like a this was off a cat a cat scan or whatever CT scan yeah, or whatever CT that kind of thing. So what they did a whole full body scan of you. Well, they did the they they didn't do that until like they had to schedule that three weeks later on oh, to wow. get that 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 PET scan. This this was only on this little small region down here, the the mid and lower uh, abdomen. Oh as wow! Well. All exactly. of that they just saw that it was in the bony spots because of like. One of them, which I I now know very well, the sacrum, the S A K R E A S A K R A M, I think, or S A K R U M. That's doing your chakra, your pelvis area. Yeah, right. Yeah, the sacral chakra. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. But yeah, the uh, that was uh that was causing me the the most pain in the beginning because I couldn't sit. Uh, I couldn't sit at all. It's underneath my thighs. I'm like, why? I, I've got stuff hurting that. I don't know if you can hear this, but uh, it's raining really big down here. And it was yeah, we just had a big old giant storm come through here a few minutes ago. Woke okay. me up from my nap. Oh. I can't hear anything. Oh, so I we had thunder and lightning. I've been trying to, I've been trying to get a nap and that had been working out for me lately. Because um, it's just damn tough to relax, right? I mean, almost impossible yeah. to relax all the way out to where you can yeah. go to sleep. I fall asleep. Well, I'm, I'm sitting here and my eyes shut, but then I, I move just a half a, uh, an inch and, and I get a sharp pain throughout. Like right now, this is, this is my, my, uh, description of it right now is it's a, uh, an ice pick that's going through the back of my, my left scapula going or shoulder blade going straight down into my bicep is what that feels like. And then it's like, uh, and then the rest of everything is in a vice. It's in a vice pitched with that around it and then everything is kind of uh uh pulsating my whole left arm all the way down to my elbow and then i've got the uh pins and needles down into my fingers oh wow that's what it's like right now for that and uh the, the one with the sacrum was was like that as well i went through about like i bet like 18 hours of of straight pain uh, with that one before and none of the none of the medications give you any relief on that the only thing that did help was a uh, direct radiation mm-hmm. and it took three weeks for that to, to happen they gave me direct radiation where i went in for one week straight about 15 minutes each day and they would uh put me on this machine and it would it would uh, radiate me and uh it would radiate directly on that sacrum area and uh and then that finally went away and right now it's it's been gone for you know a few weeks that pain. Uh, that's, anyway. new, that's you know new stuff to me too because i had no idea you know you hear chemo and radiation about the treatments for cancer but i had no idea that it like provided some relief in that you know all i hear is about you know you hear the horror stories about the chemo uh, yeah. 
and and a really uh, I don't, the radiation. My mom had had a lot of radiation to beat her cancer, but it's always just little isolated spots, and it tended to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it actually gives you some relief. It'll knock the whatever it is. It knocks it back. And apparently, apparently, but they had no idea where or how long it's going to take because they thought that it may take a week. Is what he said. But like, you know, they start on Monday. He's like, hopefully, you're going to be feeling better by Thursday. Hmm. I was like, all right. And uh, but Thursday came around Friday, nothing the next week, nothing. It was still awful. And then the next week on that third week after, like it was the, the second full week after it was done, then uh, I started all of a sudden it just kind of lifted. And I was like, thank God, man. But now this this pain that I'm going through right now that I was just describing to you, that started about one week ago. And it was just it, it, it'll come and go and then come and go and just like contractions, you know, for a, a pregnant woman or something that it's getting worse and worse and worse. So today I just went and had some CT scans done uh, because I went and did the x-rays, <laughs> you know, because we can't do the, the CT scans without the x-rays first. Yeah, man. But I did that That's just dumb. today. Did that just today. And I don't know what I, they call that. I'm sure there's some term of that thing of these orders of operations that you got to go through, whatever you happen to be, you know, it's like, you know, can't, um, we, can't we expedite things a little bit? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. So I, I forget the days exactly, but I think I'm. this is my fifth or fifth round. This is the fifth round of uh, of radiation. I think the whole nine weeks is a cycle, I think. And I think I'm on my fifth round. And for me, a round is just going in on Monday. Uh, when we talk about chemo and, and immunotherapies, I'm going in and getting this done. And I'm spending about five to six or well, yeah, about five to six and a half hours of sitting there and uh, letting the chemicals uh, run through. Um, and I only do it on Monday and then, uh, that's like a pick line. That's, a uh, whether you've got a tap in you. Yeah. I've got a little thing there. I don't know if you can see that. Yep, I can see it. Yep. Yeah. And they, they run it through you. That's Caught going up. into some artery or in something, your heart or something so that it's, yeah, I don't know. It runs up through there. I play with it. I see it. I do see it. Yeah. That's my port. They say they just go in. Yeah. Just tap right into it. Um, so before I forget, this is it's colio and uh, wait, <clears throat> cholangiocarcinoma is what it's called, cholangiocarcinoma. And they said that uh, I made the joke at the meeting a while ago. I was like, "See, I told y'all I was fucking special." Mm-hmm. Only eight thousand people, one in eight thousand people, or not one in eight thousand people. Yeah, eight thousand people cases per year in a, in the United States is what I've read. And um, the other thing that they'll say about it is that's the one that. Uh, um, that uh, oh, the Super Bowl, uh, I mean, uh, the Super Bowl champs, the Chicago Bears, Walter Payton was a running back, and uh, he succumbed to that disease. Um, and it's also called uh, 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 bile duct cancer. Mm. Well, and uh, something about that, uh, some news that I mean, I, I, I've been reading about this a lot lately. And, oh, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> well more recently now in the beginning it's a big whirlwind you know but oh yeah you try to get your thoughts together a little bit more and more but uh bile duct cancer is it's very rarely uh and and look uh hey dan this is february this is calangio this is by uh calangio carcinoma awareness month dan no you shit in. how about that i would have known it well it's uh it's february 
Or wait, that's the first, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> well, now it's March 1st today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So February. February and, was. Uh, yeah. But I got to jump on everybody. I knew about it in January, man. So, but um, yes, yeah, Calancio carcinoma. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Damn, man. My back hurts. See, you got all these other little things. Oh, the bile duct, it doesn't, you don't, it's not found early because there's no, there's not a whole lot of symptoms for your bile ducts. Um, and you get into your liver and stuff like that. And, you know, we can mess a liver up, you know, we can mess a liver up real good. Nobody yeah. without us in the madness with, or whatever. Yep, the alcohol and the and the drugs both uh, are hard on the liver. But with all the bile ducts and whatever, apparently it goes places fast. It, get, it it spreads, and then it spreads to somewhere where there is symptoms. Your bones, where you're getting the stuff that's moving close mm-hmm. together, you know, uh, joints and whatever. And then, so then it's found as uh, a metatastic, right? So. That was something that, that was kind of interesting, but you're going to hear me sounding terrible and burping and belching and all these things. I had no idea this was a part of like chemo. There's mm. there's there's a chemo mouth. I've bit my my tongue, my the inside of my my jaws so many times. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but that is weird. Um, and then there's the chemo bloat. Like right now, it feels like I have like three watermelons in my stomach is what it feels like. It's just it's just terrible. And then I'm continuously belching and uh, and flatulence just over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And it's just nonstop. There's like an endless supply. It's mm-hmm. good. It's, it's terrible. Um, and I've also before that, I had something called Barrett's esophagus where uh, uh uh there's a little like i say a sphincter or something a muscle in the in the throat yeah, the duct a little but, valve. right yeah yeah it's not working right and, yeah, so and that, that was pre all this right that's what something you've had yeah problem. yeah and and then we wondered if this is where it all started was in the esophagus but they said that they didn't see any in the esophagus but i already had a i've got a uh an appointment to get that uh an upper gi uh I had one just two years ago and or three years ago, and they didn't say anything then. And I've got another one already scheduled to do it again. So, but I don't think that they'll, I don't think that's what it is. They didn't see anything there. It's just, I don't know. I'm going to try to stand up here. Dan, I want to talk to you because yeah. I can't, I'm yeah, not getting they, You know, I'm the only one going to see you. All right, good. So. I keep all my tapings and recordings and stuff, but you know, I'm a podcast audio only nowadays. I fool around with YouTube a little bit, but most of what I put on there is just, just, uh, just oh. audio. Well, uh, Hey, you said that I was on here on my 100 day, uh, nicotine quit. And, uh, that's, that was the fuck it button that I hit, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. That's the one you hit here. Yeah. Whenever they, they said, uh, you know, uh, that I had cancer, that I had stage four cancer. I'm like, oh, holy shit, you know, and, uh, you know, but, you know, I didn't want to, you know, well, I, that's one of the things that I said, well, I want to give it myself a little bit of a, a something and I'm going to go, go have a cigar. So I went and had yep. a cigar. Got that cigar, that one cigar wasn't enough. So I went and got a pack of cigarettes 
I didn't want enough either. So now I went back and got all the vapes and I now got everything. I've got every single piece of nicotine there is around here to deal with oh, all the, the nicotine pain. delivery symptoms. Does it help? To, it actually helps. It, it does. I, well, I mean, I say it does. You think it does. I think it does. It I gives mean, me sometimes if you think it does, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Right. And mine's a, a, a wild thing. If you want something to be true enough, you can make it true. Um, but I know that nicotine does some, I, you know, my buddy, old Andrew Huberman, I listen to all the time. And he talks about the pluses of nicotine. It's the delivery systems that kill you. It's not the, and and you smoked for a long time and smoked a lot too, right? Yeah, I smoked from like the time I was 16, you know, Marble Lights and Marble Reds all the way up until 2012. And then that's when I started vaping. And then I vaped all the way up until 2019. And that was because, uh, you know, in 2018, I quit. Uh, you know, uh, 2008, 12, 18 is my sobriety date. And uh, when I met you guys and um, and you were on me. You're on me about those cigarettes and that, that, uh, you know, he's like, uh, or I would vape. like to think that I wasn't, but I may be doing friendly hints to say, to, to hopefully, uh, help a dude. Uh, no, I try not to be the dickhead that says, you know, you need to quit uh, that shit. But of course I can be, you know, I do all that jacking around too. So everything's uh, one, everything was, was happening the way it was supposed to happen. I think yeah. you, were, you were, but you waited until you had, what was it? Uh, your sobriety, right? Yeah. And you, you got that under your belt and then you put the nicotine down. Yeah, I kept telling you I was going to do it, and I kept telling you I think you just got tired of hearing me say it. I was going to do it. Too. You said it on the podcast because you come real close to your one year, didn't you? Exactly. The yeah. first time, yeah, and you mentioned yeah. it on the podcast, and then you yeah. know, kind of as accountability measure, right? Yes, I did. I said I'm going to do. I'm going to make this uh, on this announcement on your podcast, and I did. And then uh, I, I didn't know that uh, that we were going to go on strike uh, at work. Yeah. That with that next week, and I was going to be walking the picket line with all these guys with cigars, and uh, they were drinking too. So, uh, but that, I, that's why I say my my quit was forged in fire. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it's a but, funny thing that happens. Uh, you see that actually happen quite often with people who you know, even in the world of getting drinking, drugging, you'll have some gauntlet you got to run through in early recovery. You know, something it's like it's like the disease makes a run at you or something, and and it squeezes you and it'll come in all different flavors for different people. But it seems like when you try to put something down like that, there is a gauntlet to be ran. Mm. It's interesting phenomena. I like it. I mean, I, it's like if you can make it through this, you know, and it, it is, but it's, it seems like it comes up more often than not, you know. Yeah, it does. It's interesting. I say it to my guys. Most people have a crisis in the early couple months of their sobriety, you know, and and I and I get this out and tell them, you know, this is something that happens. Uh, you know, don't I don't know why I don't understand it, but everybody has some crisis they have to deal with while they're trying to get sober. Yeah. Yeah. Um I guess maybe it's kind of, I don't know, maybe it's one of them things that, uh, like you said, it forges it. You go, okay, man, I made it through that. So if I made it through that, then What's I can make it through whatever's next. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, have you thought about hitting the real fuck it button? I imagine you have. Oh, yes. Yeah. It usually ends up somewhere around San Paulo, Brazil, I think, uh, the end of the button. Uh, like, I mean, yeah, I've thought about, you know, yeah, well, first thing is, yeah, 
All right. Like I just going crazy, you know, starting in, in Vegas, getting my motorcycle, getting a motorcycle, just buying a motorcycle and being gone. And then, you know, um, if I make it to Mexico, then I'll see how far else I can go. And then, you know, and just and just be gone and just be like what, you know, and just saying, yeah, it be exactly big. Fat Is there a bridge over the Panama Canal? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could find out, you know, but that, that's where it would end up. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, as, as physically, you couldn't really do that, could you? With the amount of stuff you got going on, yeah, I could. Oh, up until up until race, yeah. I mean, even like right now, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna, you know, it ain't gonna be easy. But man, dude, I see that you're in constant motion. You know, well, it looks like you're in a constant effort to get in some kind of position where it ain't hurting. I am, but you know, it'd be different. I was if I wasn't sitting in this chair right now too. And sometimes I can make slight motions, yeah. or whatever. I'm just figuring this out as I'm going down. Sure, yeah. Uh, and you never know, man, like a big 1200 Harley vibration yeah. might dampen it, you know, and, be the cure. and the wind blowing through your hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's one good thing. Chemo is, uh, you know, I, I do, I've shaved my head for a long time, but, um, it does help out with that. I got a baby smooth little head right now. That's nice. Really Did it nice. make you where you don't have to shave it now? No, no. Not that damn good. Yeah. Still but, ends up. Wonder why your facial hair don't. Oh no, kind of weird. So it seems like uh, I never give that any thought, but I know that's always been a typical symptom of folks is they they lose their hair. God's given me a little something to hold on to. Yeah. Um. When I really what got, what went through my mind, I mean, and yeah, those those still think those little. So like I recognize me drunk today, feeling drunk right now feels miserable. That's my recollection of what drunk would be. I mean, yeah, I could probably, like I said, I could, I could, I could get into some, maybe some other stuff thinking, but, uh, but drunk is not something that it's just, ugh. right. Yeah. My last long time of drinking was not, uh, was not, it was, it was not a drinking to, uh, to escape. It was, it was drinking to overcome a craving. I didn't understand. Uh, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't pleasant at all. <laughs> and that's what's hankered into my mind about being drunk is it made me feel like shit. But, you know, I, you know, most people, if something, if you were ingesting something that made you feel like shit, you'd quit. And I couldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe some shrooms or something. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> I thought everything I've thought about it. Uh, 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 psilocybin not psilocybin but the other one down in uh uh in the jungle ayahuasca ayahuasca yeah yeah i thought about that and then i was like "Ah, i don't know about all that but really really uh, i haven't had a whole lot of you know those those cravings like that when when i when i hear it was lightning thunder or thunder whenever uh you know there's a country song that says uh uh well, what uh, a, this guy, a country, it's Tim McGraw song. And it's like, what, what did you do? Or um, it's called skydiving, I think, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, I'm butchering it. But they say, when you got the news today, you know, what happened? He said, well, the doctor said, I got three months to live. And uh, they said, well, what'd you do? He said, oh, man, I went skydiving. I went, uh, rock I out here, you know, I went uh, 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu, you know, um, and I loved deeper and I kissed sweeter and uh, I gave forgiveness that I was denied. 
and mm-hmm. these things. And and when I and I heard that, I was like, man, you know, that's beautiful. I'm already on the. Uh, I've already been given forgiveness uh, and and doing these things by by working this, this, the twelve steps. And uh, and I know that anything that I did other than than uh, you know the effort buttons, as we say, man, would just not be be good at all. I've got a a, a beautiful wife. I've got uh a wonderful eight-year-old son that's on the autism spectrum he's mild to moderate but he's very smart smart as a whip great and i've got to be there to for them you know as long as i possibly can and to do as much as i possibly can and i gotta make the most out of each one of those hugs i gotta make the most out of each one of our talks each one of his questions and and uh and everything and and now I've I've said it a million times um, here in the past just a couple months, man. I've, I'm doing better right now, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, than I have ever in in my life uh, by far. Mm-hmm. And physical is physical is jacked right now. You know, the physical part of it is jacked, but that's just one part. Yeah. You know, you know, we look around and I I don't know. I, I just and I hope that I can keep that up all the way through all this, this garbage. And, and at the end of it, show somebody that, you know, this is, uh, this is the way, you know, that you can do it. You don't have to crawl into a hole, you know, you don't have to hide. Yeah. Uh, you can, there's people out there and there's support that comes, comes in loads from everybody. I'm getting lots of text messages. And, um, uh, have, you, have you looked at any of the like cancer support group stuff? Uh, a little bit, uh, but just recently, like I, I just kind of, Still, it's a big shock, man. I'm just now, sure. now figuring out, you know, what to do, and I'm just now got a, a game plan on getting like a second opinion because everything has happened so fast. Mm, yeah, uh, and that's going to be difficult in itself. I mean, that that's going to entail like I, today. I had, you know, I went and picked up four different sets of uh, hard copy uh, X-rays and CT scans, and uh, that I'm going to be trying to set up an appointment with uh, MD Anderson. Uh, I, uh, hospital in texas and i gotta figure out how to get the logistics done to to do that as well Mm. you know um so but i feel like because i'm in the right place mentally spiritually and uh emotionally that i can collect myself and keep myself collected and do the best possible thing that i can do in this second for myself and my and my family and the people around me um so that's what I have to uh, concentrate on and keep and keep on. Uh, I think like the the you know the seconds just become more valuable, and you know, and 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 if you're not in the boots that you are in, we do a dumb thing and discount that man, and we we should value those seconds and minutes like that anyway. Absolutely, yeah. You will talk about you know the slap in the face with perspective, you know. Did you what do you what are you pissed at? You know, what's going on in your life? You know, and and it's always if you gain a little perspective from wherever wherever it is that that's got you upset, then uh, you you go back farther and far, far enough and you'll you'll gain your perspective and you'll understand that's no big deal, you know. Yeah. Uh, but now there's you know, uh, this has opened up a lot of things to me. Uh, you know, I'd said before the uh uh, the fr- the freeness from financial uh, burdens and, and whatever that was a you know that's something that I thought would have been bothering me a lot but it hasn't um, it's not it's 
man, it's, that's one of the last things on my mind, honestly. I, yeah. I say that it's the last thing on my mind, but I'm still taking care of it. We went to an estate planner today, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, a will, uh, you know, getting, make, making sure that all that stuff's done up and everything. And, uh, but so it's, it's not like you're not, not dealing with it, you know, it's just not, it's not going to suck up your, your attention and your energy, you know. Yeah, right. That old thing that uh, I, I get this little tool out quite often that we got, you know, 100 gigabytes of energy you use every day. Where am I going to use it? And you can't, you know, burn in money. And money's uh, you don't get me miles per gallon when you worry about money. It fucking eats up that energy. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it's not an efficient energy to worry about. Yeah, very much so. Well, you know, I remember when you, you know, when you fell in love with the crystals, it was like felt like 15 minutes and you knew unbelievable amount about it. You know, all this it did. I know it wasn't really that short, but it was pretty damn quick. And that's when we find something that we need to invest our intelligence into our energy that way. Uh, you know, I think the same thing would apply here on how to figure out how to put your energy where it needs to be now. Yeah, it's the luxury of a of a luxury item to put it on last time. So and it's no harm. It's you know, but you still have the same kind of energy to put 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 towards what are you going to do about this? Mm hmm. Yeah, true. Um, crystals is, is another thing. You know, starting this this uh, little side hustle business of what's it of, called? Uh, uh, Druzy does it. <laughs> Druzy does it. You can find us on Facebook. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's, I used to tell people that, uh, I work for AT&T throughout the week. I used to say that they go in, they suck my soul out through the week. And then, uh, uh, Druzy does it. It fills my, fills me all back up, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, uh, it's helped me so much, uh, just in personal, personal growth. Crystals are, are, are fantastic just to help you, uh, learn about yourself and help you be a little bit better person tomorrow than what you were today. And, um, um, but just like the crystal world, people, people look at me and I'm like in the middle of uh, dead center of Kentucky, Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And they're like, what is this, this redneck down here in Kentucky doing with a basement full of crystals, you know? And uh, then that, that allows me to say, well, you know, uh, I got into it through meditation, you know, and they're like, well, meditation, boy, where, where meditation go? And then all that comes back stems from uh, the 12 steps, you know? Yeah but uh just seeing what, what's out there but so i i get to share all this this beautiful stuff and the, and the crystals and all that that all comes from from recovery and druzy does it is a play on words from easy does it you know just the slogan so uh and uh you were a big part of that uh dan you and shane uh, oh i don't want to start naming names or i'll leave people out yeah you'll forget people but yeah you fell in love with shane's fluorite yes uh, yeah. that I happened to give him right for his fifth step with Chris with Christopher and uh boom bang boom next thing you know you're uh, buried in crystals and the only thing you can see is your head yeah right yeah I've, I've covered around and I love it I call this meditation station down here and uh it's fantastic but now so now crystals has led now I've um, I'm open and I'm wide open about what's going on with this cancer and uh and answering we're talking to people about it now i'm seeing people um uh, you know uh reaching out to me about this and talking to me about their family members and this and that and so now it's another thing that i'm 
I, I hope that I'm helping people with on how to negotiate and uh, and showing that that you know this is what you got to do. You know, and everybody's like, fight, fight, and I'm like, I'm right there. We're going. We're fighting. You know, I, I wanted to say too, but I don't know um, when I when I was first diagnosed, and they said that it was this uh, this this type of cancer, and I said at the end of the visit, you know, you always say, all right, so. You know, what's the news, Doc? What's the what 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 is it? How how much time do I got? Let's get to you the nitty-gritty. Yeah. So he said, um, he said, if you hadn't done anything, or if we haven't, if we weren't doing anything, then three months is what it would have been. This is what he said. If they didn't do any perform any action plan, three months, which is you know, it's pretty scary. And then anything after that, uh they're really just it's guesswork as to how uh, the the chemo and uh, immunotherapies go. But uh, he he definitely didn't want to say anything. Any he, he didn't want to say five years. He, he he's because and I, you can look it up too. It's like two percent survivor rate over five years, something like mm-hmm. that. So, well, uh, it doesn't matter to me uh, if it's you know five years. Or if it's, uh, you know, five months, I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing right now. You know, that's the only thing I have control over is what I'm doing right now, right here in this present moment. There's a ton of teachings on that, too. You know, that's what they keep on telling us, you know, the Eckhart Tolle and uh, all that, you know, be present in the moment. What matters is right now. There is no past and there is no future. The only thing there is is right now. Yes. And and you you get into trouble too. And you, and you, and it's, it's easily identifiable too. Whenever all of a sudden, if you're starting to get that, uh, that these terrible feelings or these, and then you kind of look at it and you're like, what am I, what am I, why am I upset right now? Oh, it's because I was thinking about something that I could have done before, or it's getting worried about something that I ain't no, happened yet that I have no control over in the, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I still hey, like that thing about uh, that percentage game. I hear somebody else saying it a little bit different, but it says, but I like it better when it says whatever 95% of things you worry about won't happen. And a hundred percent of the things you worry about ain't happened yet. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, it's, it gets into it, it, it. I love you. I love April. I love Thomas. And, uh, you know, it does end up like, well, what do you say and what do you do, you know, uh, even from in these kind of positions? And I know that sometimes that causes people to back away. You know, they're not like uh, I think the recovery community is pretty strong in that regard. The other way around to provide support rather than uh, Toby's calling Uh tend to back away the other thing you know one of the other things i've heard over a few times is that when you have when something's going on there's this whole contingency of people that's going to tell you what to do here's what you need to do yeah do you do you find that uh there's a couple of those that that popped in there but uh luckily you know it's it's just uh thank you yeah i'll take any any ideas uh i'm open to uh, remember there you go (laughs) i have no contempt prior to investigation examination <laughs> i really did not mean to mess with you on that i was doing it like when you sing along with a song you know uh and uh i guess i was too loud <laughs> i was singing too loud uh i love it but that 
if y'all don't know that's in the back of a big, big book and under spiritual uh, experiences with Herbert Spencer, which it was not actually him. But I will tell you, Herbert Spencer did invent the uh, paperclip. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he did. How about that? Uh, well, that's news to me. That's something I didn't know. Yeah. Yes, that gets in, uh, and it is, you know, it is It is such a powerful certain, you know, that big, the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, has some statements in it and some things that just are some of the most powerful things I've that I've ever run across, and they keep on getting more powerful all the time, and that contempt prior to investigation when I'm shitting on something I don't know about, <laughs> you know, I don't even know, you know, and you see it all the time as you walk the walk that you and I do and you're around people, you know, you'll have people, uh, you know, they'll start talking about something and I'll go, you know, have you ever been there? No. <laughs> you know, and you're like, hold on a minute. How can you be saying this about that place? And you ain't never even been there. Guaranteed to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, always there's a voicemail. Uh, I was gonna say, don't call him back. They told me, yeah, let him pipe yeah. on in. Yeah, he does that on Marco Polo. Yeah, yeah, I wonder what that would sound like. I should have said that. I was like, oh, yeah, if I answer it, what's up, Toe? Oh, I listen I'll to podcasts. I'll... Oh, you do too. They take them, they'll take phone calls sometimes. Yeah. Yep, I should have a way. I don't know uh, exactly. I would imagine that they electronically pipe it in uh, somehow or another. But I wonder if, like, what what if you have was doing a Marco Polo with somebody, uh, what that would do? Like, right here, I here. I just I just texted him. I said I said I'm podcasting with Marshall. Do you want in? Question mark. <laughs> He's probably working. Well, Marco Polo's not a two-way thing, though, right? Yeah, yeah, but, it wouldn't work because we couldn't have a conversation. It's a recording. No, it'd be a phone call, but I could turn him on speakerphone. Yeah, man. Oh, he sent you a polo, is what you're saying? No, he voiced me. He called me. My phone was ringing, and I know I don't have to be available 100 percent of the time. But I do take my sponsor role really fucking seriously, and I try to be available for dudes. And they know that if they call me and they don't get me, the secret code is to text me 911, and I will do whatever I can to get to them as fast as I possibly can if it's that kind of – if it's that kind of thing. And I – you know, my sponsor does the same thing for me. Yeah. You know, while you're, while you're doing that, he, just, uh, but people that are not in recovery or in this, you know, not in recovery, not in, uh, uh, doing this thing that we do. Yeah. That, stuff. Yes. Or anything, I guess, you know, but, uh, find it very hard to some, some of my family, you know, and friends are, no, find it hard and, and to, to talk to me, you know, because they're taking it harder um, than I am uh, because I'm in the best possible place that I could have ever been. Like I say, mentally. And I keep saying this now. I, the other day I said, I need to back off of that, you know, and then but I don't know that I should or I shouldn't, honestly, but it feels right saying but that's uh, the truth. I think you should say it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm just kind of uh, afraid a little bit. Again, this is what happens. Knock on wood kind of thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going to happen? What 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 am I going to look like if uh, you know if I fall apart at the end? And blah blah blah. You know. But then, well, what am I doing here? I'm I'm falling into that trap of being in the in the future. You know, <laughs> just stay right here in the present, and I, and I don't I don't have to worry about that. You know, yeah. this is that is some of the 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 pitfalls and the trip falls up there in my brain, which is a very very dangerous place to to hang out <laughs> alone. <laughs> yes, alone. Right, right. Yeah, uh, that was one of the fun things I remember because of twelve step recovery has the best little one liners ever going. And you know, the guy I remember a guy said, you know, my mind is a danger. It's like a dangerous neighborhood. You don't want to go in there alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, and and that's oh, thank goodness, man, that uh, that I'm I'm where I am and and landed with around you guys. Um, you know, I was on the phone with Bish last night for over an hour, you know, uh, and also lucky that he's out in Arizona right now. Uh, so it's a couple hours behind. So I can it's a quiet spot for me to go in and, and talk to him about where I'm at, get the measuring stick of of, of uh, uh, this is what's going on. Am I crazy or am I? Do I have the, the the correct amount of craziness attached to my body right now for what I'm going through? Like, is because you're going to be anxious. You know, you're not going to float through this stuff. There's going to be anxiety and fear and all that. But is it the right amount? Let's just check the dipstick with the yeah. sponsor. See what he says. And that's exactly the thing about them. Don't have to go in there alone. You know, we got a fellowship. A fellowship means everything to me to have people to talk to and be able to be completely honest with. And, you know, I'll kind of hit on that thing in the fifth step where it says uh, uh, we found we had to be completely honest with someone if we were going to live longer and happily. And it doesn't say it had to be doesn't see say it had to be honest with everyone. It says somebody. (laughs) Right. Uh, Because I don't know that I can I can't be honest with everybody and I don't want to be some of them ain't their business. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna preview this. Uh, and that's another cool thing, you know, uh, that I sponsor people who sponsor people who sponsor people who sponsor people, and uh, that reigns a lot of hey, what do you what should I do? So and so and this and that and and you know uh, it's like I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but fact of the matter is I usually do. I got a great teacher. It taught me how to react in certain situations. And if it, you know, I had one the other day that I said, you know, Hey, let me contact my sponsor. Cause I don't know exactly what I would do about that. Yeah. I have somebody to go through life with. That's one of the very golden things of this whole deal. You know, there's so many great things about it, but, uh, the human connection is up there at the top of the list someplace Yeah, of having that connection with people. I feel compelled to talk about uh, Darren right now because that's one of the names I failed to mention. He was uh, crucial in spiritual uh, stuff for me and talking about the crystals and stuff. That was kind of the big three there that that led me in there. It was you and Shane and uh, Darren uh, talking about crystals and stuff. And then and then, but I'm, I'm going to stop there because when we get into that, then you get into everybody else into uh, spiritual work and and. Uh, 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 connections with higher power and, and just everybody that's helped with diet and exercise and yoga, you know, and, 
uh, Reiki and all that stuff, which I'm, you know, just tons of stuff, man. This is a whole new world. And as this led up, you had lost, you had dropped some weight, right? You were, you were on the path to do, to doing that. Uh, as this came around, I believe, is that not right? I thought that um, you were starting to pick up your physical activity stuff. I was, I mean, I was running, yeah, I was running like three, I could run like, you know, three miles in 20 minutes or something like that. Like throughout this yeah. past time, you know, a couple of times a week, not, a, not every time, not every, every week or whatever, but yeah, I was running, I was doing 200 push-ups a day. Yeah. That's not go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I was, you know, I was pretty damn you know, healthy. And then, you know, I'm, I'm pretty damn healthy dude, except I'm riddled with cancer now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's part of this, these different, uh, 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 pain. Wait. Go ahead. The, the pain. different pains are coming in because, you know, it's, it's in different spots in, in my bones. They took out a, they put in a, a, a steel bar in my leg that I was talking about that where I had that, uh, uh, that not come in they they took that out that was cancer it was tumor and they installed a steel bar but they wanted me to have still uh movement they want to make sure that maintain i'm maintaining your mobility yes it's a very important so um you know um because that kind man, of stuff is also morale breakers you know when you you know got enough on your plate to have to add in something like that and uh so I can totally understand. It didn't make sense to me in the beginning when I first heard about it. I thought, well, that's a funny thing to be doing when he's going through what he's going through. But after yeah. I hear about, you know, after I processed it a little bit and the mobility thing, I'm going to call Toby. All right. Good. See what happens. This will be a fun experiment anyway. I love it. I love it. Hello. Can you hear him? Marshall? I hear Toby. What's up, Toby? Hey, Marshall. What's up, man? <laughs> this is a, we're doing an experiment uh, you called a second ago we got to talking and he said well let's try it and so i said yeah let's try it i, I can be like a professional podcaster uh i've got toby on line one how's it going toby <laughs> hey what's up dan reed how you doing man hey uh we're just talking about what marshall's going through man okay Wow, so I'm, I'm on the air now. Well, you know, this is being recorded, so it's not live. But okay. yes, you are. Right. You, what you're saying right now is going. It's being recorded for the podcast. You, I, okay. I forgot to send you the disclaimer and the liability waiver and all that stuff. The, all right. The, you know, I would have signed it. Yeah, the release of information. How you doing, Marshall? Uh, wonderful, man. <laughs> wonderful ups and downs, but you know, um, right on. Good spirits. Yeah, man. Uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you for the gifts that I was able to give Andrew last night on his one year sobriety. Him and his wife. Cool. She celebrated uh, one year in Al Anon. Awesome. And uh, he's celebrated his one year. And uh, yeah, man, when I was, when I gave him the gifts, you know, I thought of you and situations you're going through and just sharing what you love to do. And I know it's one of your passions, man. And it's, slowly becoming a passion of mine also i love it man it juices me up yeah uh toby uh asked for something for uh andrew and um uh, we got him a green aventurine sphere uh just a quick about green aventurine green aventurine is it's uh it's like for your next 
one of the many metaphysical properties of a green adventuring is one it's for your next process or your next step in life your next phase in life and that's a great one for going into your second year of sobriety so that's a that was a great intuitive pick that you kind of came up with there toby yeah man i just like the color right so i didn't even know anything about it so <laughs> That's kind of, you know, when I started messing with crystals, uh, happy, you know, he said, just go with your gut. Uh, mm -hmm. you can worry about what it means, uh, later, but if you like it, if you feel it and you like it, uh, then go with it. Million ways to go about it, how it looks, Intuitive. the color, there may, could be a pattern, it could just feel good. It could have just caught a, 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 a flash from a, a rainbow somewhere else. You, you could have, it could be anything, but, but something tells you that, Hey, I like that. And, and then you can go home and you can look at it and read about it and find out why you like it. And then you can work on those aspects of your life to make you a little bit better person tomorrow than you were today. I love those things. Yeah. I've had some, you know, I'm, I've had definitely had some uh, weird stuff happen with crystals. I've meditated with them and they got so hot that when I touched the person next to me with it, they were like jumped like they were burned. Uh, it wasn't really hot enough to burn, but it had some energy in it that definitely I was feeling afterwards. And I was like, damn, this thing is like hot. You know, I'm not paying any attention to it until I'm done meditating. And then I stick it on the arm of the guy next to me. And he, you thought I stuck him with a hot cigarette. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if, if that uh, crystal inspired him enough, but uh, tonight, you know, I reached out to him earlier this afternoon and I said, Hey man, there's a spot open at the brook to speak. And he did not hesitate. So, you know, maybe maybe he rubbed his rubbed the sphere before he went in there and got some energy, some good juice to go in there and speak to people that need help. I use one during the fifth step and I consider it a channel for the energy that's happening in the fifth step. Uh whether if it's both ways, man, it's to help things come in to hear it tonight or to also help release things that need to be released. And, you know, I think, I don't know, I don't, I've never found that there's one in particular that's better than another. I just go, that's a place where I go with my heart. I, before a fifth step, I go crystal shopping. You know, and it's funny that we've talked about these crystals. Uh, I gave Corey, the new guy that I'm working with now, I gave him, what, what is it? The rubbing stone that you gave me? The worry stone? Worry stone. Yeah. That was Jade. Yeah. And, and I talked to him tonight and he said he was rubbing his worry, his, his, worry stone or if i'm saying it wrong but no like worry yeah. like i'm worried about something yeah because right. he's going so through some stuff right now you know yeah and i know there's something you know it's kind of like the same thing about like you know there's something more to yoga than the exercise and there's definitely something more to crystals than just a pretty rock uh, you see it, you know, like my daughter has started, you know, being, she's got a little altar in her room and there's something about her else. You wouldn't do that. Right. You know, right. uh, you wouldn't have that, that like connection to a, it's kind of like a connection to a piece of the earth. Yeah. There's, there's lots of stuff that, that they don't know, you know, and that, and it's just the same as, uh, like, um, uh, uh, sugar pills or whatever you know and uh placebo effect it works it just happens to work and they can't explain why on on a lot of things and then, then there's other stuff that they can explain kind of like there's plesio uh uh dialectic effects and plesio effects i forget exactly i'm not a scientist but like if you apply pressure to a clear quartz if you apply pressure to it then it will exert electricity now if you 
apply electricity, then it will exert, it'll move. That's why you got quartz movements. Right. Yeah. I was say that. So there's some things that they, they just don't really know or understand. And, and uh, of course, everything in the universe vibrates, you know, and some things vibrate on your patterns or whatever. And I'm, I'm not frequency. I, yes. 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 And some will like, you know, the one that was getting hot in your hands or, or you know, um, so it's it's different. It could be, you know, who knows what those frequencies are and if they change. And but for you at that time, that was one that was really doing something, you know. Yeah, yeah I like how. Uh, have no contempt prior to investigation, right? Well, Russell Brand does a good thing where he talks about like ultimately as humans are we have our senses are as, as sharp as we think we are. We're really muted. You know, we can't smell as good as most of the other animals on Earth, you know, and we can't see the full spectrum. And, you know, so uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that our, our system is not able to to detect and, and, and like and scientifically qualify, quantify. Where are you at, Toby? I'm in the driveway. You know, I just got home from work. And I talked to spot. Toby a lot in the driveway. <laughs> my spot, man. That's it's, you know, his office. My son's got his girlfriend over, and I don't really feel like hearing them smooch while I'm in the living room, right? So yeah. I'm in the driveway. It's my happy spot, you know. And you talk about that contempt to prior investigation. I've been around these crystals for a long time, Marshall, through following the Grateful Dead. And these guys would sell them at the concerts, right? I, you know, I would just think, man, these guys are nuts, right? And they'd go to the gym shows, and I had no idea, you know, how cool they really were, you know, and just never really paid attention to them. Yeah, if, I'm know, gonna, every, if I'm going to spend some money, I'm going to spend it on some dope or some booze. Right, I'm not going to spend it on go. that rock. Are you crazy? Right. Yeah. And these guys were really getting off on it. You know, they had their cases with their padding inside them, you know, and I would, I didn't look twice at it. You know, I just glanced over and go, hmm, cool. That's his, that's his deal. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's you know, uh, 20 years ago or something, when I joined the uh, Indiana traditional bow hunters, there was a guy. And when I met him, he said, I'm a rock hound. And I was like, what? And then he said, well, come here, let me show you something. He had this pickup truck that it looked like it had, uh, you know, 5,000 pounds of gold in the back of it. It was this smashed all down on its back springs. And I went out there and this guy traveled all over the world picking rocks, you know, and a lot of the stuff that he was picking was for flint nappers. You know, uh, obsidian and chert and flint, and uh, there's a whole bunch of those kind of rocks. But, you know, they're all real. You know, a lot of them are real pretty. Absolutely. But I had no idea, you know. But I've always, I've said this before, too. I have always been attracted to rocks. I have a rocks around my house that, over, that I've been various places and that have spoke to me, and I brought them home with me. Uh, I always talk about I got a big dinosaur egg out there in my landscaping that I cabbaged on to someplace. And it does. It's like a uh, I don't know, the the long edge of it's probably 13, 14 inches and it's shaped exactly like an egg. Hmm. So, you know, I was attracted to that stuff at some level before I had any idea what I was doing. I told Marshall that joke about the polar bear last night uh, <laughs> and uh, the old one about the. Uh, you heard that, Toby? No, I don't think so. You I heard it. I've heard it a couple of different ways, but I like the polar bear one. There's a guy who's uh, going up to uh, up in Alaska to go polar bear hunting, and he goes up there, and uh, 
he's a little bit undergunned and stuff and he shoots at this polar bear and he misses the polar bear and the polar bear attacks him and tells him, Hey dude, look here, you got two choices. I'm either going to rip you to shreds or you're going to let me have my way with you. And the guy says, well, I guess I'll let you have my way, your way with me. And so he does that and he goes home and he's got a resentment and he's pissed, you know, and he said he gets a bigger gun and goes back up there again the next year. And, uh, same thing happens. He misses the bear. Bear grabs him up, says the same thing. You're either going to, I'm either going to kill you or you're going to let me have your, my way with you. And of course he decided to survive. And so the next year he come back with an even bigger gun and then he's going to take care of business this year. And a polar bear sneaks up behind him and says, Hey buddy, it ain't, this ain't really about the hunting, is it? <laughs> <laughs> And that's kind of what I think about. That's like a contempt kind of thing, you know, that like I can say that for myself and my hunting, you know, that there's these things that I was touched by when I was younger and I didn't understand it. And like today, I know that out there in the woods like that is my battery charger, you know, and I've always been attracted to rocks and minerals and stuff at some level that I didn't understand, you know, and now I'm here and I get a better understanding of what that was. It wasn't really about the rocks. It was, it was the energy that was in them called to me. I love that. I don't know that one time when Marshall first found that, found those crystals coming out of his, um, coming out of his, uh, what is it? A culvert? Yes. It was a culvert right in my, my front yard. I've been looking for, you know, I, I, I was just digging my, getting my toes into the crystal world and, 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 and I was buying them on eBay from everywhere and learning and reading. I've got these crystals coming in in packages from, you know, 5,000 miles away or wherever. And then me and my son were uh, out um, in the front yard and uh, I just happened to be looking down because there's a culvert that runs, there's, um, a farm that's kind of higher than my land a little bit and um it gets washed out through sometimes and uh, or the rain comes down on big heavy rains and runs down into a little pond that i have and it goes to a culvert but i just happened to look over and i saw a couple shiny things down there and uh one was a a quartz point that really had no business doing being there at, by itself and it was right beside another smoky quartz point that you, you you just wouldn't expect to see them. And Darren was the one that pointed that out to me that it was actually called a Lemurian seed quartz because of the, the striations that were on it. And he said, man, this would be 40 bucks in a rock shop. And, and uh, he's like, where'd you get it? And I told him and he said, nah, you didn't. He said, you had some hippies out there uh, uh, camping <laughs> in the front yards. What happened? They got they got messed up and lost them. I was like, no, I don't think so. Not, not, not where I'm at, but yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find all these crystals that I'm needing for something. And all of a sudden they pop up 40 feet from my front door in my front yard. And, and yeah, I remember they, poking at you and I said, no, nah, you ain't finding crystals in your front yard. What kind of crap are you saying? And you got defensive, you know, yes, I am. I am too. I really am. And it just come out of my nine mind. I said, you didn't find them crystals. Them crystals found you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, with authority, you're like those crystals found you. That's just one of those things that I have no idea. You know, I didn't. It just so I was talking to Vlad come over to do step work today, and we were in step twelve and talking about how uh, when you're hooked up with this power, there's stuff that will come through you that is not that I know for a fact ain't me. It's like it was it was a gift that somebody gave that come through God to say this or whatever. 
Uh, it happens quite often around here. Those weren't my words. Where'd that come from? Turn around looking to say who said that. And, uh, again, that's well, you know, that's where I got here go too. That's where I, I that's that's how I got into this this position too. I'm down here with uh, hundreds of thousands of of crystals, stones, rocks, uh, specimen down here in this basement, and uh, nothing was pushed. I didn't do any of this to as like a for to make a company or to do anything whatsoever. It was all organic and it all just happened. And and it's just me just getting out of the way, you know, just like that. And, 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 and yeah, you find out, you know, you can go a lot of places by just getting out of the way. And yeah. it, you know, you go, well, you know, flow, man. That's the, that's the attraction of it. You know, I knew nothing about this except you guys watching you guys and how you acted and how you, you know, wanted to be like you guys. And I still want to strive to that, you know, to some levels today and seeing you guys and your spirit and you, you know, your, your, your peacefulness and the serenity that surrounds you guys. And I'm like, well, they like rocks too. Well, there's something to these rocks. Well, let, me, you know? let me tell you something, buddy. You is one of our guys, us guys now. <laughs> right, right, right. And Dan, I remember being down in your creek bed in one of your retreats, trying to break open some rocks to see if I could find some geodes one day. Let's see if you can find something in there. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can show my sponsor what I found in his creek bed, you know. And of course, there was nothing there. Sandstone, I guess you had. I wonder if you weighed all them crystals in Marshall's basement. What would be the weight of all those? Wow. <laughs> I wonder if your foundation designed for that. Uh, <laughs> Let's not ask. Let's yeah, not. I have it. I'm insured. I'm insured. Yeah. The uh, you know that you're talking about not pushing stuff. You know, and one of my other favorite sayings is: is it seems like the rails are greased. That's the way that my life feels like. I don't. I'm not. Uh, you know, like we say, you're trying to push rope. Uh, that's that's how I used to live. Try to force things into being. And today, uh, I don't I don't have any interest in doing that and learning how not to do that and get out of the way and jump into the stream of life and allow things to happen. Uh, is is bringing rewards? You know, we read that tonight in that in that twelve um, step chapter that things God bring me was better than anything I could have planned. Mm. Yeah, you couldn't have laid it out. You couldn't have. You would have short, short. Yeah, if I'd have wrote, if I'd have written a script for myself when I first got here, and they said, "Damn, what do you want out of this thing?" I'd have sold myself short because <laughs> I would have no yeah. way. It really seems like sky's the limit, you know. And I see it in an everyday life at work, you know, where I work at. You know, I'm in this nursing profession, right, Dan? And you think nurses should just be genuinely kind people, and from what I'm finding out that most of these nurses that I work with are the exact opposite. You know, I don't know. It's, you know, not directly related to this step work and, you know, where we're at. The world is the people walk around jaded. They're, they're running around full of resentment and, and, and victimhood. And uh, it makes for a very sour personality. Even, you know, even in the profession of caring for other people, you would think that you would, it, you would see more of a 12 step community or 12 step lifestyle, you know, presented in their personalities. And it's the exact opposite. They're disgruntled. They're mad. They're discontented. And, you know, they're angry, full of stress. And, you know, and I have my moments, don't get me wrong. I'm human, but genuinely I'm able to glide through the days today. Like you said, my, my skins are greased and, and, uh, 
I don't know. It's beautiful. Yep. And that's, uh, you know, the real testament, you know, of us going to work and that kind of stuff is one thing. But, you know, the real story here is uh, is when the rubber meets the road and something happens, you find it, get some news like Marshall got. Uh, then can you keep on doing that? You know, can you can you continue to well, you know, we always say it's easy to be good AA guy when things are going good. Right. That's easy. Uh, but when things aren't, and that's, uh, you know, I've, I've heard the word hero being talked about when people talk about Marshall. And uh, and I know he shakes that off at some level. And I understand that. But. Uh, to walk through something like that with dignity, dignity is heroic. It is to to keep your chin up and to uh, keep a good spirit about it. And, and you know, we hear from him. He reaches out. He's getting to meetings, uh, doing continuing to to show up and really show somebody because there's people that go, hey, if that happened to me, this is what I would do, you know, and uh, and 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 once again, here in this 12 step community, you can watch somebody walk through something and they don't have to burn their life down in the same, at the same time, no matter what, how hard it is. Yeah, Marshall and all the people that you're uh, touching right now, all the new guys in our home group, especially, you know, they're they're latching on to your power. I know my uh, my new guy, Corey, and uh, is saying, you know, well, Marshall could be my higher power right now, what he's doing. And I just I said, well, hey, it could be whatever you want him to be right now. You know, so you're you're inspiring the new guys. Definitely right now, Marshall. Yep. They're watching that guy. I walked through something uh, with a great deal of dignity and and they can't understand that that can that connect that this is that's the power of this program and that's the power like up at the 10th level you know because we all have hard spots and that's you know i've had a couple of them you know and people say boy you know how'd you stay sober going through that you know uh well you know those problems were pretty fucking small now that i look at this uh right. it is it marshall talking you know i don't know and i don't want to be the guy that that is the one that makes this happen but uh it sure makes is the perception thing it sure makes any problems i bump into seem really petty like dan don't get wound up about that come on brother uh that ain't nothing mm. well tobe i'm gonna jump off here with you thanks for joining us for a few minutes uh yeah thank you dan yeah so uh, i always say he's a concluder is there anything you want to say before i turn you loose I just want to say, you know, thanks, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for helping me, helping Marshall and, and the rest of our community as you continue to help us grow. You know, you just called me and say, hey, you want to jump in this? And I was like, yep, okay, sure. You know, it's a part of growing. So I appreciate you, what you do. Caught you in your office. Yes, you did. Love you, Marshall. Love you, Toby. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. I kind of get a little bit, and I know I'm a... a, a there's a balance of arrogance and confidence that's a weird place to be. Uh, but I have the best sponsees in the world. <laughs> I used to say that when I talk a lot, I'd say I got the best uh, sponsor in the world. And if you don't think yours is, keep looking. And I got the best uh, home group in the universe. And if you don't feel the same way about yours, keep looking because it's out there for you. And, uh, uh, the people God has sent me to sponsor just, just up the charts. That, that rang 
true straight to me because uh you know i was just getting into podcasts and listening to podcasts back when uh when i was uh getting sober and uh a few months over and and that's one of the, you've been saying that forever uh, you know i've got the best home group in the world i've got the best sponsor in the world if you don't have those then go find it yeah. keep and uh i was like all right well where, where are you at oh <laughs> oh it's only 60 miles up the road all right well let me go up there <laughs> yeah. are you willing to go to any length uh, yeah i'll drive 60 miles for that <laughs> It's too far. I remember a time that I did. It didn't make any sense to me to cross that river, to go all the way over to Louisville to get so to to go to meetings. Uh, I like the ones that were real convenient. You know, I had a few of them. I could actually walk to almost. You know, I didn't walk to them, but I could have. <laughs> and uh, and not that those meetings weren't. Well, they just fact. The fact of the matter is, they weren't what did it for me. That's not where the miracle happened for me. I don't know. That's another thing about this. Uh, I have a guy that I used to know back then, and he contacted me today out of the blue. And that's a funny thing, you know, that it's just like you look over and he's Facebook messaged me. How you doing? And you're kind of like, well, why is that bell ringing all of a sudden? And, uh, and you know, he ain't doing okay. He's Life is pretty sucky for him. You know, and he asked me, are you still going to meetings? <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> I have invested my life into that. And and he he admitted that he had not. And he's one of us. And life is sucking. And uh, uh, just, you know, hey, uh, if you want to try something a little different. How's that right for you? Hmm? That's that same thing. It's like uh, if it's working for you, keep doing it. If, if it's not working for you, how's that working for you? Yeah. Yep. And so I, you know, I don't know if sometimes I think, you know, higher powers nudge me and he contacted me and, uh, you know, I better tell him where I'm getting this life that I got. Because we do have some, you know, people probably tired of hearing it. Most of them are spiritual underground fans that listen to this and stuff anyway, but we have something that's extra special. It's not your plain old regular AA meeting. Like birthday nights, you know, it's just fantastic. Uh, just uh, the amount of love in there. And then, you know, and where the, like, we kind of see it, we get used to it in a way. But when our visitors come <laughs> and they're blown away by what we're doing, uh, that's where, you know, when the uh, proof is in the pudding kind of thing. Yes. Uh, uh, good. That's a great analogy proof and putting because uh, spiritual experiences aren't easily found you know and and uh and like we do get kind of used to them in, in that meeting there because I, I don't know what it is you know i don't know if anybody does but but there's something there <laughs> and uh and and these other people these the family members come in they're like you know and they know they see the changes too they see yep. they've watched their person change the pudding is there and they're like well how did this happen and then they're like wow and they're overwhelmed you know and we've had um i don't know what the word would be clergy you know from somewhere else come in and they're like whatever you guys got you've got it you know keep yep. doing it oh yep. man they're blown I away i sit and listen to one of those guys came to our birthday night and then i went and listened to him preach the next sunday morning because one of our fellows was going to do a little talk up there at the podium for uh, at church and uh and he said straight up what these guys have that's what we need in here mm -hmm. you know and then kind of scolded him in a way you know about <laughs> uh, 
because it's not, you know, it's not happening there either. And that's what that was originally built for. Right. And, and, and it's, it, it, people are so used to doing it and they just kind of going through the motions, but go watch a church. You know, there are little pods of it. I know there's people that do support each other in pods and small groups like that. And I guess that's kind of like AA too. I'm sure there's some people around this world that do AA in the same, you know, may not be like us, but in that same powerful fashion, there's got to be pods of that other place in other places. I'm not going to even begin to say we're the only ones, but, you know, I can honestly say that I don't see it as I wander around my region. Unless they're like hiding it while I'm there. <laughs> uh, when there's some kind of special thing going on. I've had some things go on. I'm uh, I'm sitting here time ticking. Speaking of, you know, this is a, uh, it feels funny to even say it, but I finally hit that eight year mark. And in the state of Indiana, I can file to have my my felony expunged. And I successfully filed that paperwork and I get, you know, I do up just like you said, man, I get into the future and start thinking about things like, say, I did this without a lawyer, you know, and I talked to a couple of lawyers. I got anywhere from a thousand to twenty five hundred dollars to do it. And then I bumped into this thing called IndianaLegalHelp.com and I read on there and it said, no, you don't need a lawyer here. We got the forms here and we got a little builder and it'll help you fill out the forms and then you pay the hundred and fifty seven dollar filing fee and you're done. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I didn't spend that money, but then I go, what if I did something wrong, you know, and I don't get it because, but in the state of Indiana, it, the law says this is a shall be expunged thing. It's not a be Maybe. considered or, you know, uh, you can go up in front of the parole board and they decide whether if you get it or any of that, it's got three criteria. You have to be eight years since the conviction, you had to not gotten any trouble during that eight years. <laughs> and uh, you had to have all your fees, fines, restitution paid. And that's really it. And then it's a deal. So I'm kind of, I'm, 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 it was maybe a couple of weeks ago. And I'm, a, I'm one of the things my dad loves to do is get mail. <laughs> I bet he, you hear my mailbox has got a real distinct sound on it. It's kind of this brash mailbox. And when it claps shut, it makes this tink that I can hear. Uh, that's one of the things about living in a house for as long as I've lived in this house. I know every sound of every door. I know how the floor creaks from one end of the house to the other. Uh, it's like, I don't need an alarm system. I can hear everything that's happening in this house. I, you know, I know if it's dad or Carissa, I know if it's somebody else that comes in and I hear that mailbox shut and, and then I don't know in the mail band around here, don't get here until usually three or four o'clock, but all day long that mail, he checks it anyway, clank, <laughs> clank. And then when he, and when he doesn't get any mail, uh, it's like a bummer, you know, even if it's junk, you don't care when. Did we, get, well, we didn't get any mail today. Isn't that funny? Did you get the mail? Uh, we didn't get any mail today. Uh, so, but I've been that guy here for the last little while because I'm hoping that that letter's going to come in the mail that says uh, you are now free. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I, you know, when I go up here, when my head, when I get in my head, I go, well, you know, am I going to have to, am I going to get like summonsed and I'm going to have to go down and, stand in front of somebody or, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I try to let, you know, I'm do a pretty decent job of letting go of stuff, but, uh, you know, we can't let go of stuff completely. It's impossible. Right. 
And well, I hope that comes through quickly for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a mile, another milestone in my recovery, you know, that to to clean that off my slate. It's only got me in trouble one time. I have only stumbled over that felony once. And it was renting an Airbnb. Oh. <laughs> and I, I signed up for it and I had it rent, rented and I had it paid for and everything. And the next day I got a big email with a black background that says, uh, that after checking me out, I do not fit the community guidelines. I am permanently banned from Airbnb permanently. <laughs> like, okay. dang. It could be a blessing in disguise. No, I don't know, but, but just the Airbnb thing, part of it. Yeah, we've had some. I've heard some nightmares about there, but that was on the other side of it. It was like Shane renting his house out and having a party thrown there. You know. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do that. There's no way I could do that. I could yeah. not allow somebody to come move in my house uh, while I go away. There's no way I could do that. Yeah. I, I didn't want to. St- I didn't want to stay in somebody else's house. My, I didn't really care for that. I didn't dig it myself. I've only done it once. I'd rather be in a hotel. Just where I'm I've only home. done it in empty houses, you know, mm-hmm. that are actually primarily used for that. People own a piece of property, and it is. It's not. It's not. You're not walking into somebody's primary domicile. Uh, you're walking into a rental property. That's the only other time I've been in Airbnbs was that way. Mm-hmm. I never have. I didn't think about that. I don't, I wouldn't like going and living in somebody else's house either. You know, it'd be weird. Yeah. I, I didn't feel comfortable the the showers and stuff, whatever. Rather be, I'd rather stay in a small hotel room, you know, maids come mm-hmm. in, squish, 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 clean everything off. Then I go there and then I'm gone and all of my stuff's gone. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But I've only, I feel fortunate that I've only stumbled over it one time. Uh, I do wonder once in a while if any of my clients go run a check on me, uh, you know, before they hire me. Yeah. Uh, But I haven't ever heard anybody say that they did. So uh, I'm sure I wouldn't hear that. You just would never be called again. (laughs) Right. That's true. I wouldn't expect that would be done a lot. You think you'd, uh, I know that you're, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I wouldn't want to say advocate or activist or anything. I know that you like guns. <laughs> so would you, would that relight light a candle for you? Yeah. I miss it. Yeah. I figured. Uh, I've had to put it on the back burner and just kind of, you know, uh, the reality of it and the level it is. I know I have known and I never even looked into it. I never looked into it until just about a year ago. Uh, but I've known that I will get these back someday. It's been in my heart. I, uh, I, uh, I uh I, the law says I can't possess firearms. So there's another individual that took all mine and put them at his house and I can't get to them. And uh and and so some of them are sitting there waiting for me because I knew I would be able to get that back someday. So I'm really looking forward to that moment. The reunion. Yeah. And I I like, you know, and then my guy, you know, Vlad's just now getting into some gun stuff, you know, and it's fun. Do you know that fondling a firearm, they've tested this. When a man fondles a firearm, it actually raises his testosterone. No, I haven't heard that. Andrew Huberman, you know who he is? 
I've heard He's the name. A true blue scientist type of dude, and he does all this performance type stuff, looking to see what what does to you, like that what the cold plunges actually do to your physiology, wow. not what it feels like, not what you think it does. They test and they see what it does, and uh, and fondling firearms will raise you raises your testosterone. So he's uh, getting into the guns and stuff, and I'm like. Cause I've totally checked out of it for eight years. You know, I almost, I used to be, well, I was a, basically an amateur gunsmith. Cause the same way I'm handyman kind of dude. Uh, I did the same thing with guns. All my buddies, when they'd have a problem with a gun, they bring it to me and I'd fix it. Uh, gun laws. I used to march on the state Capitol. I've got a picture of me with a six foot long AR 15 silhouette cut out of a piece of plywood and I had a handle on the back of it so I could carry it. And it said in great big white block letters up it, it says shall not be infringed. Mm-hmm. And somebody caught a picture of me marching and, you know, it's like that portrait where everything behind me is blurred and I'm walking, I got sunglasses on it was in the winter time. And they took a picture of my big, me and my big rifle. And it was in the paper up in Indianapolis. Uh, and behind me is that gat. Some guy's got a Gadsden flag on a pole. You know what I mean? The don't trade on me flag. Yes. It is a really cool picture. And even if I do say so myself, uh, <laughs> it is a cool picture. Somebody found it and sent it to me. Uh, so I used to, a uh, big gun rights kind of guy, you know, and it's interesting. Uh, um, I used to say a joke that politics, like the who's going to be president and all that kind of stuff used to eat me alive. And gun my infringement on my gun stuff would eat me alive and they and when i when when i came to recovery uh both of those obsessions were removed (laughs) they were taken out of my way you know the silly little things like i can't take my son squirrel hunting Mm -hmm. you know can't go kicking around go i can't go shoot sporting clays or uh shoot trap or you know even any of that kind of stuff so uh, it's not so much that, you know, I, I want to stop missing out on that kind of stuff. It's kind of, you know, it's been a penalty to my son for the last eight years. It's been something of my wreckage of my past that has caused him a problem is I grew up around guns. I think it's an important thing to know about guns. I think it's like learning how to swim. I think you're much safer having full knowledge about firearms than, than not, uh, and and uh, just like you wouldn't raise a kid and not tell, teach him how to swim, you know. Uh, and I haven't been able to do that because for the last eight years, from him to being 11 to 19, I haven't been able to do that. What's grabbing your attention? Um, I'm cleaning up my, uh, uh, sore from where they not sore, but, um, where they installed that metal rod in my leg. Yeah. There's still the, the glue that they put down in there to keep it instead of stitches, it comes out slowly. Oh, really? So like, well, did you heal? Okay. From that? I never heard really anything, you know, as the stories you've told, there's nothing been said about how that went. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was fine. Charlie was freaking out because he's like, how are you walking around? You know, because he, he had a trouble with his. Yeah. And I, you know, I think he was off for like two months. He was on that little wagon or whatever. Then peep the pushback. I walked out of the office and it was fine. You he, walked out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did have a boot. They put me in one of those boots, but I, I didn't wear it again because it was like 
Yeah. I didn't feel very comfortable in the boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, it was uh it was completely fine. I didn't uh, want to manifest anything. That was some of the stuff, you know, there was made my made my brain go into your future. And that's even more dangerous than going into mine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I thought, you know, with the, well, everything's going on, that, that that will retard any, like, healing. You know, you got enough. Your body's already in, like, system overload trying to do stuff. And creating a new wound would seem... Counterintuitive. Uh, uh, I got a word that I can't think of, but it would seem to be the opposite thing is what you would want to do. Counterintuitive. Counterintuitive. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I don't know, uh, but th- they were on it quick though. There was like, you know, that's one of the things that I've, 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 I've I like about the team and the people that are they're on this. They said they're like, we need to get that that leg shored up. We need to get it fixed. Uh, we need, because they saw they took the CT of that and they saw that the bone was permeated, mm-hmm. like kind of sponge like basically, you know. And uh, they said we need to get that fixed. And uh, the next day, he he got on the phone with his. They know that I guess whenever they want to do something, this is something that I guess I, I'm, I would like to share about, too, is that, uh, you know, they. Um, when somebody comes in, all of a sudden they got stage four cancer from nowhere, you know, uh, out of the blue or whatever, then this guy said, well, I'm going to do everything I can do for you. We need to get this leg fixed first. So he gets on the phone and he calls his a friend, a doctor that's in Louisville. I was, I was in E-Town. He called a friend in Louisville and he said, can we get this guy in here? Can You got a spot tomorrow? <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, let me check. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him up here. Tell him to get here. I'll, I'll, I'll put him in. So I got there that next morning and then he comes in. He looks like, he looks at, he's like, can you, can you, uh, can you do surgery um, tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, yeah, man. That let's let's do it. So I was in surgery the next day. Within two days of them saying you need to get a, a steel bar put in your leg, that steel bar was put in my leg, and I was like, dang. But and so then that made me think about uh, like twelve step stuff and like us bitching about things sometimes when we're in the doctor's office and we're in there for our you know six month checkup or whatever, and we're we're sitting there for twenty minutes after our appointment time. You know, and that we haven't even seen the doctor, but what are we even there to see him about and what's he doing? You know, so uh, now now I, I automatically think this guy's taking care of somebody else that needs to be taken care of first instead of thinking of he's out drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes and sitting on the receptionist lap or whatever the hell, you know, <laughs> and these these things, I guess you start thinking about other people and I'm like. You know, so I don't know. It's something that just going through this whole process has is, is, uh, been really good about making me a better person, man. Still is. I mean, every every day, every second. If you let it. If you keep that mindset, you know, it could also make you into a worse person. It's just a oh, matter of how your outlook and the way you go about things. So much growth. And uh, you made and, me think I have a I have a client that's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hadn't heard from him for a little bit, but I've done some. I really like him. Uh, and he had he'd give me a voicemail today that I never got a chance to return. And I thought, man, I got to I got to text him back and tell him I got his message. I'm not ghosting you or he tries to find some another handyman because I want to keep him. When you said do- about the doctor calling, it dinged me. I was like, oh, damn, I got to get a hold of Eddie. He's a cardiologist in Indianapolis. Mm. It's got a home in Louisville too. 
So like when they get on the Johnny on the spot, they can make some things happen. Like in the other thing, it's like uh, in the beginning when you were going through this, it was like slow motion and stuff. But like when the dinger went off it, we get here's the here's the situation we're in. Then at that point, things kicked in gear. Seems like some things are hamstrung by the insurance. Yeah. So you got to do this, 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 and this, and this, and then, then they can't do anything. But if, if they get the, if they know, if, if all of a sudden they say, oh, wait, wait a second, we're dealing with this stage four, we got permeated this, we got that and got that. So now it's just, can we, you know, uh, what can we do for, for, for somebody, you know, and they can do some things obviously, because that, I, I that was unheard of to me. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and maybe that's the way the system is set up, but until you get into that and everybody else is waiting because there is a, a, a backlog of true emergencies. And if you're not one of them, you're going to be waiting. <laughs> Problem is, is when it actually was an emergency, they just hadn't identified it was one yet. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you think about the early detection stuff and I don't know, man, I do tend to speak freely but I don't want to get, you know, this does get to the past, but you know, the one thing about one of the things I believe about cancer and I don't really know, but my mom had a ton of cancer, um, breast, female parts, uh, skin, throat. Um, but they seem to early detection is the key. Uh, by the time they fight it with you, it's like a forest fire. It's raging and it gets really tough to put out. Uh, I don't know, man. Do you think you kicked a can down the road on some things that was happening that you knew about before? Could have. Um, but my doctor would have said that. You know, he said, you know, I've been having back problems. I mean, how long have I had back problems? But I thought, I think everybody has back problems, you know, and. You know, and I was doing push-ups and I had like something in my rib, you know, at one point, you know, but I just backed off on the push-ups instead of thinking this or that. But uh, um, I guess my thing is, is like my sponsor teaches me this, that I, I don't get to do that anymore, that when something happens and you have to be your own advocate, you know, but that's tough to do because you don't want to go in and do because our heads already go out of control, right? Anything that happens to us, we think it's the last thing. You know, we go to the worst case scenario. That's just what we do. But we don't want to. We tamp ourselves down and go, no, no, that ain't it. Quit that stinking thinking. And, you know, recovery teaches us to do that. And then the flip side of it is, is that I can kick something down the road with that mindset that I should have been more proactive with in the beginning. And I know that's a complete powerless issue. Right. Uh, how do you... How do you, how do you do that? Yeah, for me, it's, I don't even touch it. It's, 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 it's gone. So it's gone. Yeah, I get it. I'm more thinking of like, if somebody's listening and they oh. got something going on, you know, uh, I I, maybe I they want to get on to being a little more of their own advocate in this area rather than, um, yeah, it's down wrong. the road. That's a great point. The last know? thing I want to do is go there. And I don't even know what to tell people either about that. Like, you know, do you, uh, uh, can you, 
because there's so many different blood panels and things and active markers and whatever. But I mean, how careful can you be and what level of carefulness is there and, and all that stuff? But uh, and insurance uh, won't cover stuff. So you can't like there are some like I understand from listening to podcasts and stuff. There's these blood panel stuff and these tests that they can do uh, that are really um, in depth. But the normal man can't afford to have that done. You have to have enough money to be able to go out there and get somebody to do that for you. And you have to have some sort of genetic markers or some sort of a family history or, or something, even or maybe not even with that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I mean. Like I said, my mother is, was, you know, I have a from my mom, I have a serious history of cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my dad's had prostate cancer. But like I say, they say that every man's going to get prostate cancer eventually. Mm. Uh just most people are too old to worry about it. Yeah. They, never, they never do, you know, something else gets them first. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of the statements that was said to me. It's like, well, this is what's going to get you. And that's what they tell me, you know. Oh, uh, they? Yeah, they was like, you ain't got you to worry about anything else. This one's getting you. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, and I still, I'm like, okay, well, but still, I don't, uh, I don't, I haven't resigned to any of that either, though, because I have I, I I know that I don't know. The only thing that I know is that I don't know, and I yep. know that, that that there is still you know anything is possible, man. Yeah, in this recovery world, miracles happen here. They do. Don't ever don't. What I like Kent see, he says that he gets all hopped up. He says. Uh, don't tell me what God can and can't do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't listened to him in a long time. Did you see the new podcast? No. Uh, there was a guy who come through town was a really good speaker. And, uh, and I missed him. And so did some other people. And, uh, I got a hold of the recording and, uh, put him on here. Uh, it's a little bit funny. You know, I put a, I put a Scott Lee tape on here a couple of weeks ago that him and his wife, Linda, back in 1998, did a little workshop and I really like Scott Lee. And so I kind of like basement tapes, you know, uh, Christopher has a whole box of speaker tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them don't appear to be out on the internet yet. You know, not all, couldn't, you know, they recorded stuff all over, you know, some that, that XA speakers made a drive to get as much as they could on their channel. Um, but there's some of them that, that, that I believe aren't out there. I ain't doing a full depth search, but I'm going to start releasing some of them for some extra content. The ones that really touch me. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. I did see that you said that you had, uh, you'd put that out, but, uh, I I clicked on it this morning, but then I've got, I have like, you know, I still haven't listened to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I clicked on it and then I was like, I was like, what, what is this? What's going on? But, and then, uh, and I was like, I'm I'm thinking about putting an intro and say something at the beginning of them, but, uh, everybody wanted this and I just got my hands on it last night. So I went ahead and tossed it out there. I did a little intro before the Scott Lee thing explaining this. This is a little bit different, but this guy really touched me. He has been on the podcast before I had, you know, Scott Lee's been a guest and he's really my, you know, he was my recovery hero. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know why this is the percentages, but I'm 50% 
Christopher Cohn and 50% Scott Lee. And Christopher is a percentage Scott Lee. So that probably weighs it over in another little bit. A lot of what's in the TSSR book, if you would, if you listen to Scott Lee, you'll hear a lot of the similar kind of methodology that Scott Lee was taught and teaches and that ended up being in the TSSR book, which is the, you know, I always talk about this recipe we have. I don't know. There's this recipe, uh, the recipe that I've been given, uh, proofs in the pudding again, you know, uh, I watch what it does. And so I'm sticking with the recipe. And then when I hear some other people do some stuff a different way, I go, you know, and everybody's entitled to do it the way they want to do whatever, you know, and I don't want to sit around and say my way's better. Uh, but I can like see things like, um, well, for instance, some people just read their fourth step to their sponsor for a fifth step. And I even heard the other day about a guy talking about his sponsor fell asleep while he was doing his fist up. And uh, I would take exception to that. I don't think that's the right way to do it. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and I, my first fist step that I did and my, it didn't stick for whatever reason, that's what my sponsor had me do. And I spent some 15 to 18 hours reading my fourth step to him over multiple sessions and I can tell you, I really didn't, you know, well, one thing was I didn't stay sober. Uh, so again, proofs in the pudding, but <laughs> it was, it was grueling. And I didn't really think, but you know, like when I do fist steps with today and when I did fist step with my sponsor, I come out, uh, uh, lighter, you know, I come out of that in a better place. When I got done with it, with the one time I was freaking exhausted, you know, God, I'm glad that's over. Uh, this thing is supposed to lift you, not, not, not put you down. But anyway, this recipe and this, I'm going to start uh, releasing some tapes here and there, you know, and the whole podcast, uh, the podcast game is content. Mm-hmm. It clicks off on how many listens you get, you know, and if you, the more content you put out, uh, you know, the more clicks you get. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, there's a new one. There's a new one. Get out. Yeah, that's all that you had uh, texted me. I think last night that thing, and I was like, I was like, did he send that to everybody, or was that just me? I was like, was I supposed to do homework? And uh, uh, to listen to the, uh, I think you know, I handed it to a few people that I knew wanted to listen to it. And you know how when you have something and you uh, you they put up well in iPhone anyway. Oh, if you say text somebody, it'll put yeah. up some names in the beginning, you know, and you got eight or nine names that are uh right at the top. And yeah. I saw your I saw your avatar thing there, and I just was like, Well, okay, pink. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh it was uh I don't know if you it's totally accident if you believe in them accidents. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I will. Uh, uh, yep, I'll, I did. I didn't even really register that I did that. Now you say something, but I don't really know who I sent it to. I know my guys all wanted to hear it. I hate to, <laughs> you know, my, 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 me, 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 my, you know, it's another feeling. It's just weird to say that anymore. And I almost have taken, taken the word sponsee out of my language when I say my sponsees, uh, my guys, they're not mine. I didn't, I, they were sent to me, but I still have a really good uh, group of guys that are around me and they wanted to hear this tape. So I said, here it is. Cause otherwise we could have handed around the CD 
Right. So handed a CD around and everybody, you know, worked yeah. their way through it like the old days. That's the way you used to do it with cassette tapes. You know, they was all out there in their glove boxes trading speaker tapes. Have you heard this? Here, you heard, here take it. Here, give me. Oh, I want that. Uh, I think that had been, I think that had been a little, that's, oh, it's got a romantic notion to me, as crazy as that sounds, out in the parking lot trading speaker tapes. Because of my love for recovery audio and the impact it had on me when I was in early and still does. But when I was in early recovery, uh, I credit uh, my brain was washed. I had a new I had a new way of thinking put in my head because I immersed myself in speaker tapes. And at the time, if I listened to music, it was like triggering you know, when I listen to music, it would take me back to using and drinking and that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, and I just could not not think about that stuff. But the one way that I could is that if I would pump recovery audio into my ears, it would clog up the channel and I wouldn't be thinking about using, drinking and using uh, because I was busy thinking about what this guy's telling me. I listen, I bet I listen to six or seven podcasts a day all of them were uh recovery tapes but you know i call a podcast you know uh, at least six or seven for at least a year at least you know and i mean and then it dwindled down to like three i, I cut down to three or four a day <laughs> but uh yep. i had a job where i could sit and listen to stuff all day long i was sitting in front of a computer and uh and I could listen to this really when podcasts and that kind of stuff come out. When I first got my hands on it, it was really a, and it was before uh, I got sober. It was giving me something that I knew I want, kind of like picking up them rocks. I was getting something that I liked because I just couldn't, you know, just sitting there listening to music all day long wasn't turning the trick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that data, informational stuff or even comedy or something you know coming in was was better and i found something i liked better uh started hearing some of that talk stuff it was kind of talk radio and stuff too in podcasts mm-hmm. um was was primed me for being ready and then i'd sit eight hours a day in front of the desk listening to it and then i remember i would lay down in bed and, and be going to sleep to a podcast it's one of the things people will say to me. They'll kind of like step on their tongue. They'll go, oh, yeah, I, I, I fell asleep last night listening to your podcast. <laughs> like it's an insult, you know? Yeah. You know oh, I, I, that's not what I meant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, man, I get it. Fall asleep to it, man. Uh, yeah. That's not a that's not an insult. I bet doing that. Uh, I know that puts you in a special place doing that. Scott Lee. Podcast. I know how much that you talked about Scott Lee and then having him there uh, for, for that was just. Uh, I had to be unbelievable, and uh, really? I really enjoyed that guy, man. That that's that's a special thing. I, I I was giddy for you, man. I still am, even. Yes, yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, it was definitely a uh, a high point for sure, man. And I was giddy. Uh, I was actually probably a little bit laid back because I didn't want to be. I didn't want to come off as too much of a fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. I knew I, I I told him how much he meant to me and all that, but I could see that there was something like it wasn't landing with him at the level that I was meaning it. He doesn't understand how much he really means to me. <laughs> and I was fanboy. I was fanboying on you first time there in, in spiritual underground. You and Christopher Cone too. Yeah, that's crazy, man. 
I have. I was at the convention this week and I walked by and somebody goes, Hey, you're the podcast dude, aren't you? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, that is, it's, it's, it tickles me to death. Uh, you know, same thing, man. I didn't aim for any of this. I never set my sights for this. It just happened like your crystals. And it just, it just, you know, that's whatever. I'm best thing I can say it's God's will kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It just got out of the way, you know, let it happen. Yeah. Well, that will be done. Well, we kicked up long two hours or so. The other way, didn't you? There you I go. <laughs> I will be done. He's got a uh, sign on his desk. Spent a lot of hours right there, huh? Was my big book. Oh, was it? That's yeah. the edge of your big book. Oh, yeah. I see. You wrote it on the binding. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I see. Yeah, let go on one side, and that will be done. Nothing on the other side. Nope. No, I got uh, tabs on the other for. But and then uh, when I had Scott Lee took me through some stuff on in the big book, he wanted to walk through some concepts in the big book with me. He says, I like to knock uh, chase a concept 319. Yeah, very cool, dude. <laughs> yep, the TSSR. May you, the signature. May you find all the juice you want out of your recovery 319. Yeah. You know, that's another thing. Uh, I get some props about the number of people I've impacted, but, you know, I always reflect that right up to Christopher because it has been a result of, of him. Uh, I, I, dude has uh, impacted a lot of people's lives for the better. A lot. I can't imagine. And that's got to feel, you know, I feel good today. You know, to some, there's one thing recovery did to me is it gave me this purpose in my life. I like know what I'm doing today. And some of this carrying this message is, is what fulfills me. And, uh, you know, I'd have never guessed that, you know, I remember I was telling somebody the other day about when Christopher was telling me that he expected me to carry this message when we were done with this work, you know, uh, I knew he didn't really mean that. He's just saying that, too. you know, like when they say you're helping me more than I'm helping you, Yeah. you know, uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And little did I know that this was going to be give my life purpose. I think a deep down inside, that's what we all want. Absolutely. When our time's here, when our time here is over, we hope that we made a positive impact. Because at that point, when you're sitting there knowing that you, whoops, I wished I would, uh, dang it. Or the flip side of that is, you know, you made a negative impact on people. Whoa. You know, you did. You go carry on our lifestyle. That's what you do. Yeah. I was, I was sitting by a girl and I heard, overheard her talking at the convention this weekend. And it was at the Alateen when, when Travis's daughter was getting ready to speak. And she said, yeah, I didn't really hurt my kids. I was a fun drinker. Uh, I've asked them. I've asked them. And uh, I, I'm sitting there thinking. And then a little bit later, I heard her say she was, you know, somebody asked her how much time she had, and she's been sober six months. But I think uh, who, if she has a sponsor or sponsors, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't drink for 30 years and not hurt your kids. You just don't. It's impossible. 
didn't impact her kids. Delusional. Yes. That's something I still carry a little bit. I mean, I'm way off the hook from what I was, but I do know that's something that is a regret that I know that uh, I wasn't there for it the way they way I should have been, you know, but I'll make up for lost time now. And I'll be there now because that's the only place I can have any control over what I did back then. I uh, uh, I used these tools. I made amends and start practicing these principles in all my affairs and be the guy I'm meant to be. My daughter hits the wall, and I'm exactly where I need to be when she does. There really, uh, there's not much thing. There's not, there's not many things. I can't imagine something being more heartwarming than to be helping my daughter through her recovery. Yeah, it's beautiful. Watch her come home from a meeting with her being juiced up, and like a when that first started, you know, one of them Tuesdays, uh, she come home, I come home, and she was all yappy. You know, I said, you see that? Do you see how you feel right now? You feel good right now, don't you? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I said, that is because you went to two meetings today. You treated the disease, man. You gave the antidote to the other thing. And so understand that that's not a fluke. That is because you took the medicine today and you can have that every day. You know, all you got to do is take the medicine. Mm. And I saw it land on her, you know, and I could almost hear a bell go off. Like, ding. <laughs> we don't know that, right? When we're here, we don't, we think it, I'm just in a good, I just had a good day. Yeah. Uh, for no reason. Oh, I'm glad I feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> and later on, you know, you come home on Tuesday nights, man, and it's like everybody talks about having trouble settling down. Let's see who's hollering at me now. Well, we've done that's ever the uh you know, we've got that uh we're doing a little outreach out of the spiritual underground today, and I think that's a good thing that we should do. We should be carrying this message of what we have here because if we hoard it up to ourselves, we will lose it. The big book says that we have to be prepared to give it all away. That's the only way I get to keep it, is to give it all away. And uh, I signed up for going next week. And some guy just texted me and asked me if I wanted a partner. Uh, sure, because it is. You try to go twos. And uh, and I said, sure. But you know what I also said? You lead. Uh, <laughs> He's a, a newer dude, man. Oh, good. And, and he needs that. You know, it'll do him better to take that than it'll do me. Yeah. Same thing about getting people to chair meetings and doing stuff. I've learned I've, uh, my teachers taught me all. Well, I shouldn't say all the tricks, but a whole bunch of tricks that are just these little bitty different little things that you can do differently that will ramp up your recovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, chairing a meeting, chairing a meeting is one chair of the meeting for the month. And you know what happens at the end of the month? Everybody in that meeting knows you now. Mm-hmm. That's you good. know, yeah. Uh, if you it's it's as simple as that <laughs> now, now that everybody knows you you can feel like you're a part of because you are right you sit in that back row you know you can you are welcome to sit back in that back row and get absolutely nothing if that's what you want mm-hmm. or you can jump in here in the front row and start uh start collecting uh what we have to give away yeah, I, 
uh, that always I always think of Chase every time whenever I hear that. He's like, yeah, there's clicks. Yeah, there's people get together and they like each other because that's what they do. But uh, come on, let yeah. come on, the come door do is it. open. Oh yeah, you want to? Let's go. Yeah, yeah, Let's do it. Yeah, I remember a little thing like we'd hang around outside the spiritual underground and talk after the meeting, you know, and when you was new, you felt like outside, right? You know, and there's these little pods of people standing in circles. And I remember my sponsor always going, Dan, come over here. And he would pull me into the circle when I was standing outside, you know, feeling un- awkward and uncomfortable and all that. And I try to do that today, man. I see that guy standing out there by himself. Hey come here and pull him into this little circle and uh, those little things, man, that's, you know, uh, it's important. Can be life and death, man. Very much. So that connection, man, you're doing it for your brother. You pick up the gun for your brother. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, I, I, I carry a rifle so that I can protect you. Mm-hmm. It's a military kind of thing. I went to the rabbit hole with the camaraderie. That's the only thing I could think of that has the camaraderie that we have is like military combat kind of stuff, you know, where they're truly are in it for each other. <laughs> I, I love the story and it just popped up into my head. It's a short one. The, you know, the, there's a soldier and he's down in a, in a big uh, blown out bomb. Uh, hole and he's trying to get out he's he's all muddy this the sides are all slick he can't get out and uh you know there it comes like a uh a, a, a lieutenant comes running by and then he said hey help me out help me out get me out of this hole i can't get out the lieutenant tries everything he can he can't get him out and he said but somebody else will come along and then uh you know the next guy comes by and it's a uh a medic and uh medic says uh, here i can't get down there right now but i'll come back blah 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 and the guy's still stuck in there and then this uh you know then there comes another just a general gi or whatever he's walking by and the guy says, hey can you help me and the guy says, looks down and says yeah man so he slides down into the hole with him he's like what the hell are you doing man I'm, we're, we're both stuck down here and now not like this and he's like no dude i've been here before i know how to get out let's go yeah that's what we do man it really is we jump down in the hole with you and uh, because we know the way out. This is the way. I picked up on that minefield one, too, that about the soldier in the minefield. <laughs> Remember that one? Yes. Uh, I, don't know I have I- it here because I keep I've even I, this is another thing I teach my people to do, man. Put this stuff in your phone. We have this notepad in your phone and it's a beautiful place to collect stuff that touches you. Imagine that you are standing in front of a minefield. On the other side of that minefield stands a soldier. Not only has he walked that minefield safely, but he has guided thousands of others through that minefield safely as well. He hails you from the other side and offers to guide you across safely. What do you do? Do you, A, tell him he is well-meaning but really doesn't know shit about minefields? Or shut up and listen to what he has to say, treading the path of thousands of others before you. One way guarantees safe passage. Why tread a new path? It's good stuff. I know that you, I see, I see the humbleness in you and all that, but you really are. You're inspiring me and you're inspiring a lot of people. And I know that's not your goal. That's just where you're walking 
that's but uh and I know that it's it's hard to hear that kind of compliment that you're uh uh that you're you really are doing that, you know. And uh you're inspiring the guys that have been around for a while and you're inspiring the guys that are just showing up, man. And I know that wasn't the goal, but the fact of the matter is you are. Thank you very much for saying that. And uh I wanna thank your uh sponsor, um Christopher, for he he'll tell you like it is, man. Like uh a couple of years ago, I uh uh in April started the the TSSR uh little offshoot down in Hodgenville yeah. and uh and I apologize to him because it that it kind of dwindled out and petered out and you know around 2020 or even you know or whenever the pandemic and that stuff and before that and uh and I was apologetic you know and I was like you know I just didn't do that and, did it. and then he was like what the hell are you talking about you know he's like and I was because he thanked me you know he thanked me and I was like oh no I didn't I didn't do it I, I could have done this I could have he's like hey shut the fuck and take a compliment you you deserve this you did this you did and then you know and so and i i of course i'm hard-headed and stuff so it didn't just sink in then but i think about that uh, and over and over and uh and i appreciate it and yeah i will i will take take something i'm doing stuff because i believe in it and i'm and i mean it and i i, I feel i feel it all uh is right and uh so yeah thank you man i appreciate that yeah man um, you know, I, I don't think it's an accident that I've run into the guys that I've run into, you know, and I really do. I do thank God every day for bringing the men into my life that he's brought into my life. I really do. You know, along with that best sponsors, best home group and all that, I, I, I got to, I can't imagine. I got the best friends that can exist on this planet. And I know everybody feels that same way about each other. And, uh, uh, and, and I thank God that Marshall and I, God had Marshall and I cross paths. You know, I, I really do. And uh, so we'll wrap up Tybo around this. Is there anything in particular you want to do a concluder? You got anything you want to end with? I don't think so. I mean, I, I we feel, talked a lot. Yeah, we did. I, I feel, feel great about that. Uh, you actually look like you're a little bit in more. You look better now than you were when we started talking. Much better. I'm. I've just got some uh, tweaks now. You know, uh, I'm in a much better spot than I was uh, earlier when I was started. Like I said, ups and downs, man. Yeah. I find that this thing, this is this brand of medicine right here, works pretty good. Uh, uh, people leave the podcast and uh, and they're charged up. Their batteries are charged up. You know, and it's a neat thing. Absolutely. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I can't. You know, that's kind of like when I was talking about that. That yappiness is a symbol of that. You know, the, uh, sometimes I can't get people to leave. I'm like, hey, man, I'm done. <laughs> I don't and I never do. But there are times that I because one thing will happen is I will crash in about 30 minutes. All right. This juices me up and I'm high off of it and everything in about 30 minutes. But, you know, it's bedtime. So that'll be perfect. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right, thank, man. thank you. Thank you again for the opportunity. I really do appreciate thank it. You, brother. I love you. We'll love close you, her out. Hey. If uh, you're not having a blast in your recovery, you're not doing it right. And everybody out there, I just want to thank you all for listening. Uh, I want to thank you all for allowing Marshall and I to participate in our recoveries in this manner today. Peace out. <laughs>